This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Brewers baseball today on this Tuesday, August 16th with Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter. Adam uh, speaking to us right now from the the bowels of Wrigley Field, I suspect, (laughs) as right now the Brewers are getting shut out by the Cubs uh, at Wrigley in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, 3-0 is the score again as we speak. And Adam, it just... It just figures with the with the Cubs this year, you know, you think the Brewers catch a break and that they're not facing a Lester or an Arietta or a Kyle Hendricks who's come out of nowhere to have a great year. They're facing a guy out of their bullpen, Trevor Cahill, kind of making something of a spot star. And still, you know, here we are in the seventh inning. Brewers have yet to dent the scoreboard. It's it's just kind of been a tough day all around. Yeah, it's been a quiet day. There. And Cahill uh, coming off the DL to pitch this game for the Cubs. The Brewers had a couple of runners early and made outs on the bases of uh, Jonathan Biard was picked off in the first and Kirk Neuenheitz was caught stealing on kind of a Buster Posey style face plant in the second inning and Cahill settled in. He pitched really well and, and it's certainly not the way the Brewers wanted to start a long day of baseball in a very tough place to play a doubleheader if you're a visiting team. I don't know, Matt, if you've ever been up in that clubhouse, but it's, um, it's about the size of a walk-in closet. So it's, it's going to be a long afternoon for this team as they wait for game two. Yeah, and that's funny you bring up the clubhouse because uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Adam Conley for the Miami Marlins went on the DL with, of all things, I think he hit a home run or, or had a hit when the Marlins were there last week, and he, and he injured his finger celebrating in the dugout like because of the low ceilings, and he, he jammed his finger or, or did something weird, so... Is this like a consistent thing where there's, there's just not enough uh, space either in the dugouts or the clubhouses? What's going on here? Yeah, well, that is that certainly is the story here. But it's a, uh, I mean, it's also an, an, a, a great place to play a game. Where else can you say you're, you know, you're dressing in the same spot as Babe Ruth <laughs> or, you know, all the great players who came through here, Musial and Aaron, and um, you know that it does have its charm. So it, it is. Certainly a different place. These guys are used to these palatial clubhouses, visitor or home, um, you know, pretty much all around baseball. There's very few places anymore in the game that are tough conditions. They've all been kind of phased out. Uh, Wrigley is certainly the exception. Everyone, you know, at some point they're going to redo the visitor's clubhouse here, but I don't blame the Cubs for kind of taking their time and making that happen. I don't either. I mean, it's, you know, look, you hear about home field advantage and, that's part of it. I remember, like, uh, you know, the old Boston Garden, the Celtics used to keep that thing, you know, the visitors' locker room, what, 98 degrees? And yeah. it's, you know, they did that to the Lakers one year in the finals in the 80s, and the Lakers were miserable. I, you know, I remember Kareem with an oxygen mask in the middle of, a, of game five of the finals because it was so unbearably hot. But the Celtics were used to this, and the Cubs, again, you know, they're used to it, and they're 30 games over 500. So, you know, why not? Uh, 
why not keep a good thing going? So right now, as we said, uh, the Brewers trailing uh, 3-0, but at the other end of the spectrum for this Brewers team, I remember we talked uh, last Thursday, and we were all on pins and needles waiting to see if the crew could pull off something truly rare and extraordinary, uh, and they did, and that being they scored in every inning of their game against the Braves at Miller Park last Thursday as they won that 111-3, and uh, they became just the 19th team in the in the last 116 years to accomplish that feat. Now, conversely, as you wrote, there have been 19 of those instance, instances, but 21 perfect games in that span, so two more, uh, and this feat of scoring in every inning is actually more rare than the perfect game. So I'm going to uh, put you on the spot here. You know, even though one is an individual feat, the other is a team accomplishment, which one to you is the more impressive feat? Well, I think it's the perfect game. Um, you know, it's all eyes are on you. It, it builds and builds and builds as those innings go on. It requires such a level of precision and, and perfection in order to pull that off. In in this case, the Brewers didn't even really know they were doing it. At least at least some of the players did. Orlando Arcia said some of the Spanish speaking players were talking about it as it happened. But you know, for example, Keon Broxton, their young outfielder, Chris Carter, the first baseman, they didn't know. Chris Carter didn't know until after the Brewers did it and he went to first base. And Eddie Perez, the old Brewers catcher, who's the first base coach of the Braves, he's the one who told Chris Carter about it. And Chris Carter turns and looks up at the scoreboard and says, "Oh, I guess we did do that." <laughs> So I don't think that's happening necessarily in a perfect game. Everybody would be acutely aware of that as it's happening. And in part for that reason, I think that to me is the uh, easily the more impressive piece. But look, it's the beauty of baseball. You never know what you're going to see. And especially true of a Brewers team that is really having a hard time scoring runs since they traded Jonathan Lucroy, despite the best efforts of Ryan Braun, uh, they are down a big bat. They are not, you know, offensively, they are a different club now. Um, but they've had a couple of really crazy outbursts that have offset the numbers since that trade. It makes it a little more difficult to examine. Uh, when you look at, you know, them scoring 11 runs in the game where they scored every inning, 15 runs and a win at Arizona, you take away those couple of games, and this team has struggled offensively. So a, a very baseball continues to vex us, and every time we try to figure it out, it says, nope, you don't know anything. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the way it goes for all of us uh, trying to make something perfect out of something inherently imperfect, and that being the game of baseball and trying to make sense of those numbers sometimes. It's just a, an exercise in futility. And, uh, Adam, you brought up Ryan Braun. Uh, on Sunday, huge game for him. He drove in uh, six homer twice. And this was just over a week after another two-homer game, and he drove in seven. You take a look at his numbers, and he's hitting uh, nearly as well at uh, as he has at any other point in his career, including the MVP season and the runner-up season. But could you make an argument that uh, this season number, this season's number, is even more impressive, considering the fact that he's had uh, numerous aches and pains, and because of those ailments, he's not had the consistent stretches of playing time that uh, is usually required to put up good numbers because baseball players are always creatures of habit. So, again, factoring all those things, can you make a case that this, if not the most impressive season of his career, might be, you know, top two or three? Well, I'll give you all of that, and I'll also add the fact that he is playing without a lot of protection in the lineup right now. I mean, the guy, he's been hitting third as usual, and hitting fourth has been Scooter Jeanette, Hernan Perez, Chris Carter a little bit. I mean, this due respect, those are big league players and have had stretches of great success. Um, they're not Prince Fielder. 
so the fact that Ryan Braun is doing this at a time when opposing teams are being so careful with him because he's their one big bat in the whole lineup, it, does, it, it is a very, very impressive stretch for him. He said, you know, he identified this right away after, that, after Lucroy was traded to Texas, that there was a distinct difference in the way teams were pitching him. They were limiting the number of, of pitches that caught any part of the strike zone. And Ryan Braun said the key to his success going forward was going to be resisting the urge to expand the zone in order to do something. Um, he has resisted that urge so far, and, and in the instances where he has gotten a pitch to hit, he's missed almost none of that. So it's been a very, uh, a very encouraging stretch for him. Can he sustain this now over a long period of time with such a small margin for error is the question. Um, Craig Council doing his part to keep Braun healthy, and we talked many times, Matt, about the key for him is, is health more than any other player, it seems. Uh, so the Brewers playing a doubleheader today. They're not playing Ryan Braun in game one. It was going to be one game or the other, and they decided it was going to be the second game that he uh, participated in as a starter. So they're even on a day, kind of an all-hands-on-deck day, uh, his health uh, with the back and the thumb and all that other stuff is, is high on the list of priorities for this team. Yeah, good point. And the Brewers have done a masterful job, in my mind, of, uh, you know, allocating allocating his playing time uh, the right way to keep him both productive and to keep him healthy, which is not a an easy balancing act. But the Brewers have done that very well this year, and uh, we look forward to seeing him in Game 2 as, again, the Brewers have yet to dent the scoreboard here in Game 1. Adam, I want to wrap things up by talking about uh, Willie Peralta that same day as uh, Braun's two-homer game. Peralta, the big fella, Six innings of one-run ball against the Reds. He looked very good. And in uh, two starts since returning from AAA, three runs in 12 combined innings. And, yes, those games have come against the Braves and the Reds. You can't overlook that. But, nonetheless, in what ways has he looked different and better to you uh, since his recall from AAA? Well, there's simply more life on the ball. There is, uh, his velocity is impossible uh, to ignore. It's dramatic from his first stint at the start of the season, it's, you know, two and a half, three miles an hour on his two-seam fastball. The Brewers say the reason he's been better is his breaking stuff has been more effective, but I, I think that's got to play because of the fastball. You know, he, he's been touching 99 miles an hour, which he didn't do at all earlier in the season. Um, whether that means he made a mechanical adjustment during his time at AAA uh, or is just a more confident player than he was early, I don't, I don't know, but Somehow he has found those few extra ticks of velocity and it's leading to some encouraging results. And yes, it's, you know, a couple of teams that are down, but still that the, the radar gun doesn't lie there. And that's what's encouraging. For Peralta's looked uh, very good. Uh, the Brewers uh, right now, not looking so good. And uh, game one, they trail three, nothing, hopefully better fortunes in game two tonight. Uh, Adam, a long day of baseball for you. At Wrigley Field today, we appreciate the time, and it's my hope for you that a deep-dish pizza finds its way into your stomach at some point before the end of the day. Is that a possibility? Uh, I hadn't thought about that until right now. It's a very good idea, though. <laughs> well, I, I'm here to help. I'm just here to help. Yeah, all so, right. Adam, good luck on that quest. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers.
MLB.TV Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.TV Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.TV for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.